Amnesty International believes that the obligation of every government to safeguard the lives of its citizens is an obligation without exception. Welcome to Amnesty TV. A 19th century French novelist once said that love is reciprocal torture, but he'd never been to Guantanamo Bay. In this episode, Vanessa Redgrave, Philippe Sands, Misery Bear and Cassette Boy reveal, surprise, surprise, that torture has absolutely nothing to do with hugs and kisses. It's quiz time, the arms trade. China, Russia, the UK and the USA. All four of these countries sit on the UN Security Council, set up to maintain international peace and security. But they're also amongst the biggest arms dealers in the world. Can you guess which country sells the most weapons? Find out at the end of the show. Well, Mr. President, thank you very much for the time. Thank you. It's good to see you. Great to see you. I wanted to start by jumping right in about Guantanamo Bay Prison. Will it be closed while you're President of the United States? Uh, 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 um, uh, you know. Well, keep in mind what I originally said. I said it should be closed. It's been two and a half years now. And the only reason that I said it should be closed is I didn't expect the American people would necessarily be paying attention. What I said when campaigning and interacting with folks was just a token gesture. Obviously, I have very different views. Uh, what I'm doing in the White House uh, isn't doing the right thing. We are confident, though, that we do a disservice to the cause of justice. We don't have due process in places like that, and that is something special. So what we've been able to do is take a big chunk out of the rule of law. You know, our system uh, is capable of cutting some corners, and certainly they still squeeze people in all kinds of ways, 24-7. It's good. Thank you, sir. All right. rights campaigners are saying that George Bush should be prosecuted for torture. Philippe Sands, who spent years uncovering war crimes in America, has turned the story into a book and now a play. Post-September the 11th, Bush and Rumsfeld approved new and aggressive interrogation techniques that would produce devastating consequences. These techniques would move beyond the limits allowed by the Geneva Conventions. 053, get ready. I was being summoned for interrogation. They led me to the hangar where we were usually given food. What was I doing here, I asked myself. They took me down a long corridor, opened a door made of corrugated aluminum and pushed me inside. It wasn't a room, just a pen enclosed by an aluminum chain link fence. Hanging from a beam was a hook, like the one in butcher's shops. The Bush administration believed that the Al-Qaeda people simply were not entitled to have the Geneva Conventions applied at all. So they signed off on new techniques of interrogation. If the detainee is determined by the interrogation to be uncooperative, the interrogation may use the following techniques. The interviewer may identify himself as a citizen of a foreign nation or as an interrogator from a country with a reputation for harsh treatment of detainees. The detainee may also have a hood placed over his head during transportation and questioning. The hood should not restrict breathing in any way and the detainee should be under direct observation when hooded. 7. The use of 20-hour long interrogations. 8. 
removal of all comfort items, including religious items. Nine, switching the detainee from hot rations. 10, removal of clothing. 11, forced grooming, shaving of facial hair, etc. 12, using detainees' individual phobias, such as fear of dogs, to induce stress. Category three techniques. Any of these techniques that require more than light grabbing, poking, or pushing will be administered only by individuals specifically trained in their safe application. One, the use of scenarios designed to convince the detainee that death or severely painful consequences are imminent for him and or of his family. Two, exposure to cold weather or water with appropriate medical monitoring. Three, use of a wet towel and dripping water to induce the misperception of suffocation. What happened next? President Obama, he's a constitutional lawyer. He taught at the University of Chicago Law School. Um, he's made it very clear, uh, his view, for example, that waterboarding is torture, and he wasn't going to tolerate it. And one of the very first things he did, just a couple of days after taking office, was to outlaw the use of any of these techniques under any circumstances by the United States on any person anywhere in the world. So I'm pretty clear the use of those techniques has come to an end in the US and under the auspices of the United States. But what hasn't happened and what should happen is there needs to be accountability because it seems that the evidence points to literally thousands of people having been abused or tortured. Uh, and international law, particularly the Convention Against Torture, requires investigation of any act of torture, and that hasn't happened in the United States. And the door can't be closed on this episode until there's been a proper accounting of what happened, who decided what, when, and why. Welcome to Amnesty News. Children in Somalia are growing up as a lost generation, as a war with no end in sight tears the country apart. A new amnesty report tells how thousands of boys are recruited as child soldiers, girls are forced into marriages with adult fighters, and both sexes are denied access to education. Al-Shabaab, the largest of 15 armed Islamic groups, has forced children into battle for things like listening to music or wearing the wrong clothes. Teachers have been shot dead in front of pupils. Somalia's transitional federal government, which claims to respect human rights, has also forced children to fight, says the report. After the Arab Spring, there still seems a long way to go before people in the Middle East and North Africa achieve full human rights. Saudi Arabia is considering a new law which would make any sort of criticism of the king a terrorist offence, punishable by 10 years in jail. The draft law would outlaw nearly all peaceful dissent and allow extended detention without charge. This draft law, as far as we're concerned, is a real threat to freedom of expression in Saudi Arabia. That's why we put out this leaked copy of the draft terrorism law on a Friday. By Saturday, the Saudi Arabian embassy posted a disclaimer on its website saying that Amnesty's claims were without foundation. We think they're very much with foundation and we have very grave concerns. We've laid a pretty strong case out that um, they're trying to prevent people having a voice in Saudi Arabia. That's their response to the Arab Spring, if you like. And then in the space of three days, um, we found that our website in London had been blocked by what we assume as the Saudi authorities. There's more on the Middle East and North Africa later in the programme.
69-year-old Ramzi Shihab Ahmed was found not guilty to the charge of murder in a Baghdad court hearing last week. The dual-national Iraqi-British man, who has been detained in Iraq since December 2009, has been charged with a series of terrorist-related offences. He was initially held incommunicado in secret prison. He alleges that whilst there, he was tortured into signing a false confession whilst blindfolded. Ramsey has now been cleared of three charges, but two more remain. Amnesty has been calling on the Iraqi authorities to ensure that Ramsey receives a fair trial without use of any evidence obtained under torture. To support the campaign, go to amnesty.org.uk slash Ramsey. I'm Andriana, that's the Amnesty News. That's been going off all day. It's doing my head in. Yeah. Do you know they use stuff like that on people in Guantanamo? Must be awful. Right. My heart bleeds. What? Here's a newsflash. They only found Bin Laden after they tortured one of his goons. No. Torture is wrong. The outcome's got nothing to do with it. Hello? They're human beings? No. They're monsters. I don't give a monkeys how you treat them. White noise, thumb screws, set the dogs on them, whatever it takes to stop another 9-11. You'll be eating those words if you ever find yourself in an interrogation cell. Well, I don't need to worry because I'm not planning to blow up any office blocks, am I? And neither were a lot of people in Guantanamo Bay. Agree? Disagree? This link takes you where you need to go.
Syria. Revolution start date, March 2011. Revolutionary status ongoing. Over 1,400 people are dead and President Bashar al-Assad is still in power. But hundreds of thousands of protesters have taken to the streets in recent weeks in a renewed push against the regime. Progress report. The Syrian government is again cracking down on demonstrations. A major hold-up is with the UN Security Council, which has failed to condemn the violence. Russia, China, Brazil, India and South Africa are blocking a resolution. Egypt. Revolution start date, January 2011. Revolutionary status, delayed. President Mubarak stepped down on February the 11th. The Supreme Council of the Armed Forces took over management in the run-up to forthcoming elections. Demonstrators are back in Tahrir Square. They say the army is dragging its heels on reform. Progress report? The elections are planned for September this year and a new constitution has been passed. The last remains of Mubarak's politicians are being sacked but progress is slow and women are being denied a genuine role in the reform process. Bahrain. Revolution start date, February 2011. Revolutionary status, counter-revolution. At least 500 protesters have been detained. The government is still in power and is making small moves to appease the people. Thousands have lost their jobs and many are still detained or on trial for peacefully protesting. Protests are losing momentum. Progress report, Bahrain has lots of allies in the Middle East and throughout the West, which is why the international community is kept quiet. The uprising is being crushed. Tunisia. Revolution start date, December 2010. Revolutionary status, delayed. Mass protests sent President Ben Ali fleeing to Saudi Arabia at the end of 2010. A sit-in toppled the caretaker government months later. Another unelected government is currently in power and elections have been postponed until after October. Some ministers and judges from the old regime still have their jobs. Anti-government protests have flared up again and demonstrators have been killed. Progress report. The new government has promised to ratify human rights treaties. Protesters are demanding an investigation into the violence committed by the security forces. For regular updates on action on the human rights revolution, visit amnesty.org.uk forward slash protest. They maintain peace and security, yet they're among the biggest arms dealers in the world. Did you guess which member of the UN Security Council sells the most weapons? The answer is... USA. They make and sell over 40% of arms around the world, more than the rest of them put together. man recently escaped a life sentence in jail, or has he just found a fibre down the back of the couch? Whatever. In the time it's taken you to watch this, you could have added your voice to one of Amnesty's urgent campaign actions. But don't worry, there's still time. This link takes you where you need to go. Sunshine, lollipops and rainbows, everything that's wonderful is what I feel when we're together.